Hello, and welcome to the Digital Workspace Works podcast. I'm Ryan Purvis, your host, supported by our producer Heather Bicknell. In this series, you'll hear stories and opinions from experts in the field, stories from the front lines, the problems they face and how they solve them, the areas they're focused on from technology, people and processes, to the approaches they took that will help you to get to the scripts for the digital workspace inner workings. I didn't have anything prepared for today, so I don't know what you want to chat about, to be honest. Yeah, I've been thinking we have sort of a backup topic, which is that we could talk about how we automate the podcast and sort of oh, the yeah. tools we yeah. use and you know how we sort of make it work. So we don't need yeah. to do any research for that. We do this weekly, so. Yeah, yeah, I'm happy to talk through that because I've actually I've done a lot, a lot with that recently. So uh, where do you want to start? I guess we could just do an order of production. So I guess the first thing, first thing that happens in terms of automation, is it Hazel that you used to pick up the recording? Well, move it to yeah. We we could probably start even sooner than that. So it, and I guess it mm-hmm. depends on whether there's a a guest or not. Um, so yeah. if there's a guest, and, and depending on how that guest has come through to us, um, so either a what do you call them, a, a recommendation from uh, like a sourcing agency or something like that, uh, or it's a person that, that I'm, I know or you know, typically that either one of those will, will, will start off with an email. Well, that's how it used to start. It would be sort of an email conversation and, and then get them on board. Um, now that that's got a form on the website, which that form goes into HubSpot, which is a CRM that we use, and then that kicks off a workflow uh, using Zapier, that puts them into Notion as well. Um, and then when they go into Notion, as part of that Zapier workflow, let me actually get it open so I can talk to this cat, uh, specifically. The only thing we, that, that's important for us when we do that guest form is to have their LinkedIn profile address. And, and the reason why that's important is we use that and another product called... Uh, let me find it. I can't find it now. Here we go. This application goes and takes that URL and goes and collects all the information out of LinkedIn so that we have like the, uh, a link to their picture. We have their bio. And there's a couple other things we look at. Uh, I can't remember exactly what I, what I put in there because that was one of the things that was very manual. Like, like we'd have the email and then we'd go and ask them for information. Then we'd go look them up on LinkedIn, do all that stuff manually. So that's all now running automated. And then as part of that process, they will get uh, a Phantom. Phantom Buster is the name of the product. And that was quite a tricky thing to get working. So I'll explain the trickiness to that as well. And then we put them on on our mailing list, which is in in MailChimp. Uh, And then if there's an agent involved, we ask them to fill out a different form. And then they have to put the email address of the guest into their form. And then that's how I link them together. And then when they go into the mailing list, there's actually another mailing list that's just for a guest. So they get sent a uh, an email with the uh, we create a Dropbox folder for them to put their stuff into. We also put their um, as I said information to Notion, but then we also send an email with that all in the email saying this is what's happening. These are the steps. This is this is your link to Dropbox. This is your link to your your profile page in Notion. Um, this is the links to book a slot, uh, and then they get a DocuSign document as well 
um, which is for them to sign uh, the contract, um, not really a contract, but a release that we can use their voice and all that sort of stuff. And then at the end of that process, we also create a whole lot of tasks in motion um, that get assigned to to Kath and me to make sure that we're filling out the, the, the pod page, which is what our website's built on, uh, speaker information and all that kind of stuff. So all of that stuff has been put into the sort of backbone process. Um, it also creates the entry in Notion for the actual episodes. So when, oh, sorry, hang on, it doesn't do that a lot. That's another process. So once that once that process is finished and then we actually book in the recording and we do the recording, then the recording is always done in Teams. And the reason why I use Teams is that you can save the recording to a certain folder with a cert, with the name of the meeting. And based on that name of the meeting, that's where Hazel comes in and automatically moves it from OneDrive to Dropbox. And I can't remember why I did that, but it's important. So we do it there. And in that process, it renames the file and then also creates the Notion episode entry, which has all the metadata in that we have. Because of some of the limitations, I can't do a lot of things I'd like to do, like automatically tag the speak the, the guest in the episode. Um, but it, it you know moves all the stuff across, and then you get the the task for doing the episode uh, recording, and uh, you then upload it into Transistor, which is our platform. And then when we publish, PodPage will automatically post to social media posts. And then that also kicks off a Zapier workflow to take the podcast information and post to LinkedIn, post to my LinkedIn, send out a tweet, um, update all the all the information in Notion to say it's all been done, so it moves the episode through the stages, and then sends out the email through Mailchimp as a campaign to notify you people that it's been released. So that's the whole thing into <laughs> it. Good. Yeah, description of the end to end. I think this is sort of the magic behind the scenes, I guess, that makes it all doable. I think without all of these tools, I mean, it's already hard enough, I think, to do this consistently. And I'm sort of amazed that we've managed to do it as consistently as we have for so long, because a lot of people start podcasts and they drop off or they're super inconsistent about when they post, like keeping up a weekly show is sort of not really, you know, it's not a small commitment, but if you can use tools like this to automate as many of the routine processes as you can like you have to figure out ways to do it and i actually um on the editing side there are a couple tools i use as well that i'll shout out so i use audacity for just editing the recording um in terms of taking out uh (laughs) like i'm just saying now any any verbal tics or you know as many as can keep me sane and things like, you know, if I'm actually doing any edits to the content of the recording, and then I will upload it into a tool called Auphonic, which is sort of a, it's an AI auto leveler. So some of the magic that would happen if you were actually a um, audio engineer, which I am not in terms of making sure that all the, the levels are the same and editing out some additional background noise or things like that, the tool does a really good job, does a better job of that than, you know, I would do if I was just playing around manually in the editing tool. And it saves me a whole bunch of time. So I love that. And then recently, I have been using ChatGPT to help come up with suggestions for things like episode titles, 
descriptions, you know, usually it's like just the first pass, right? Before deciding sort of what to go with. But it's nice to have like different ideas for how to structure titles or just to quickly generate topics like that. Yeah, it's actually interesting that you mentioned that because I was actually thinking about that the other day that we could actually add ChatGDP into this process uh, to do some it's of that stuff. It's already there. <laughs> but it's already there. Well, yeah, I mean, I suppose that, that yeah, we'd have to probably talk about that to understand if it could be, if it could be, because the thing for me and the reason why the automation, and, and you made that comment about keeping it going. I was actually talking to someone last week about their podcast. And he was saying, well, you actually just stopped doing it because it was just taking up too much time. And I was thinking, well, mine actually doesn't take up that much time. I mean, we have we have two half an hour meetings a week. And yes, there's maybe a couple of times there's emails back and forth with people to get them on. But it's never it never feels I say never feels onerous. You know, sometimes you got a lot to do, it does feel onerous. But you know, besides the stuff you have to do, which is um the sort of uh, production work that that you could trust a an AI to do some of it, but there's not you still want to do it because you have to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's pretty automated. And you know, even the part where we when we're doing the transcripts, and I and I know we haven't mentioned Catherine, but Catherine will go and do the transcripts before we publish. We were doing that automatically as well. Uh, the only pain point there was that as much as I could um, to use Otter for that, so we put the we put the the that's uh, that's why we use Dropbox. So you put the episode into Dropbox into a certain folder. Otter reads that that um, episode. It does the transcripts. Then Catherine goes and checks the transcripts, and then she does the publishing. And and and, and our limitation here is actually the tools we're using, like Transistor doesn't have a great way to integrate with it. PodPage doesn't have a great way to integrate with it. So we can't do some of the stuff completely seamlessly. But we've done quite a lot to make it seamless. And that's that's helped us, I think, keep it going. And even when we miss a week or two, it's it's usually because we just don't have time to talk, not because of our mm. process being complicated. Yeah. What was that one tool you were mentioning that had kind of a funny name that was a bit more complicated on the guest side? I don't think I've heard you mention that one. Oh, um, Phantom Buster. Yeah, what does that do? Yeah, so Phantom Buster. I'll tell you what was happening. Is I I was getting very frustrated with well, it's it's been something that we work in my mind for a very long time. You know, it's not like it was something I was doing at the time. And I thought, let me solve this. It was more a case of this whole thing of having, uh, and and this is this is really a, an OCD thing in some respects. But it always bugged me that the speaker information was inside a notion. And there's a good reason why it's inside a notion because it, it it's part of our database around running the, the show. But I wanted it also to be in HubSpot because that's where the CRM is. And, and there's good reason for that because there's some future stuff that's coming. So I want to have the CRM in place. And what was what was really frustrating me is that these, these, two, these two systems were not linked together in a nice way. But also if we put a person, if we used HubSpot to capture the CRM record, then we weren't capturing all the information that came with them from a LinkedIn point of view and or, or Twitter or whatever it is. And one of those pain points was going to find their LinkedIn profile and get the the um, the picture off if they, if they had a picture of their profile. So I initially had looked at the LinkedIn API to see what you could do, and basically ran into a brick wall. And then this is probably because people have abused it for so long. And all I really wanted to do was, you know, we don't we don't do like, you know, 200 guests a month or anything silly like that. We have like maybe two a month, um, which is quite a nice cadence. So my request to the API would have been probably two a month. 
maybe four the most. But it just seemed like there was just no way to to do it. And it was one of those days where I just sort of one of those evenings rather where I was just I want to solve this problem. So I kind of stayed up all night trying to find solutions. And I actually did it sort of the, the inverse in, in the end, which is I used I looked at Zapier and and basically searched Zapier for connectors to see what they had that did this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you Google, you can end up with a whole lot of products, but then you go to the root of the products, and a lot of these products have been discontinued because of this change in the API from LinkedIn, where it's basically blocked everyone from doing anything. So I got this phantom buster, which I found there, and then uh, I was going to say, you know, some of the tricks with it. So you can trigger phantom buster. So Zap, Zapier will trigger off the the um, creation of a new entity or a new page in Notion. And that new page is created by HubSpot creating a new contact and then tagging it correctly. So there's obviously, you know, custom field that I put into HubSpot that says that this is a speaker that come from the speaker form. So when it sees that, it triggers HubSpot. HubSpot triggers Notion. Notion goes and takes that information and creates the the entity. Now, this is a one-way process. So if I make changes to, or any of us make changes to Notion, it's not going back into HubSpot to update that speaker. But that's that's okay. We don't really, we don't really want that part to happen necessarily. Not now, at least. Then, when when you've got the notion entry created, this this triggers the event that goes and tells um, Phantom Buster to go and run a Phantom to go and collect the information. And all it needs is the LinkedIn uh, thing, and it's got a lot of information that it collects. Let me uh, let me bring it up quickly, and I'll tell you. Now, some of the stuff is relevant. Some of the stuff's not relevant. But you know, when you think about you know the, the the time it was taking us it just wasn't worth the time but it's, from completeness point of view it is worth the time so it was always a challenge but so phantom buster will go and collect obviously contact information first name surname and and this was the other thing there was little nuances in, in notion where like i, I want the, the, the the title of the page is the, is the guest first name and surname but then i also have first name and surname as two fields because in order to do the email intro you want to use their first name so now you're doing it twice that was already it like a stupid thing so you get the you get the contact number if they put one on you get their website if they put one in you get their twitter account if they, if they put that into linkedin you get the email address the handle for twitter you get a uh, number of followers which i thought was interesting you get a link to their picture and then you also get their bio which was also important because we we're basically copying and pasting their bio and then asking them to edit it so it was just cutting that piece down and then once you've got all that stuff you oh, and their birthday they put their birthday in, which is the other thing um then once they've done all that stuff we can actually share that part with them and say well you know you've done all this you know can we can you come and check it and confirm it's correct yeah. so it's a, it's a good experience for them and you know as, as someone who's been a guest on the podcast when I, when I when they don't do that stuff with me i kind of feel like well how do i know you're going to write the right thing about me how do you know you're going to present me as the right kind of guest. Some people just don't do it, so you just got to accept it. But I wanted ours to be a little bit more um, sophisticated than that. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's um, I, I'm impressed with this Phantom Buster. Actually, I think my, my trial's expired, so I need to pay for it now. Mm. Um, oh, here we go. Uh, oh, the thing I was going to explain. So now the, the, the tricky thing with Phantom Buster, it's not a, a synchronous activity. So I can't send the request to go and get Ryan's LinkedIn profile and then wait for the response because Zapier actually times out and, it, and and it's like 15 seconds difference. So what you have to do is you have to fire it off and then you have to, it's it's and this was a nice thing to find out in, in Zapier, is you actually have to use a hook 
in Zapier to wait for the response, which kicks off another process. So you carry on doing all your other stuff in your flow, and then you wait basically for this thing to finish. And then when that thing finishes, you then get, you then carry on your process, which is, uh, you know, what it is. So, so what I had, you know, what, what we were doing in the very beginning was an instantaneous process. So like we had a guest that would fire straight off. Uh, once you, uh, Notion that would funny as well with Zapier, the minute you add the page, it triggers Zapier. So you actually have to delay it and make it wait because otherwise you, you're typing the person's name and it's already starting the process. Um, mm. So now what happens is you create the entry in Notion on day one and I'll wait 24 hours to carry on with the process. And the reason why I waited 24 hours is I actually want to give the the phantom time to finish, not the Notion thing. Because normally Notion is, you know, three or four minutes for us to do it. But there's no rush. Like we're not trying to get a guest on, in, in you know, within a day. You know, it's normally mm-hmm. three weeks in advance, you know. So, so that works quite well. And then the other piece that that um, I've always wanted to improve on is that when the when the, the guest has done the episode and we publish it, obviously they get a notification. We all get notifications. It goes on to LinkedIn and stuff. But in like three months' time, I want to pull like the stats of that episode and send it to them and say, you know, you guys did really well. Like this episode has gone really well. We've downloaded, you know, X number from release. You know, here's the links again to to publish it. Now, that's where Notion was going to come in and do that for us. But the challenge has been, uh, and this is where we kind of get stuck, is, you know, Transistor doesn't give us access to that information. So we can't go and just pull it from API yet. Um, I'm hoping we will in the future, but uh, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll get there when we get there. Yeah, I mean, I, we've maybe mentioned Transistor a couple of times. That's the what you call that sort of that's where we actually upload our recordings. And that's what it's the distribution system that we use to get it out on all the different podcasting platforms of which there are many but they do seem to add features at you know relatively like they it's they seem to evolve it so hopefully an api is i'm sure it's maybe something they've thought about at least yeah look they are very good and and to be fair we haven't actually asked them i've actually asked PodPage more often to say look can you guys just give us the the zapier integration because Mm -hmm. That's that's the pain. That's that's so that's the other pain point. So like Catherine will now have to go and take the guest information out of Notion and go and create it into PodPage. Now we did go through a phase where we were using PodPage to do the guest collection. So someone go register there to be a guest, and we'd get an email saying that they've registered, and we'd go look into PodPage to get the information. But that was actually worse because that meant they weren't actually tied into HubSpot and they weren't tied into Notion. Yeah. So so we we've, we've removed that piece and. I'll be honest, you know, the way things are going with some of this AI stuff and the ability to generate just a website in five seconds because you just told ChatGDP that's what you want, um, we might just go that route and have the, um, you know, build our own um, Mm. because, you know, AI does everything now. Yeah, I guess you'd still have to, like, buy the domain and and all that jazz, but. Sorry, I was being being heavily sarcastic. (laughs) Just do it ourselves. Just do it. And, and no. But I think um, I love the the notion bits and the, you know, automation of that LinkedIn piece, because I think it does really solve a super common guest pain point, which is that you want that completeness of information. You want to have a bio and you want to have a check. You want to have their image. But getting people to send you that, especially a lot of our guests are, you know, C-level executives, very busy people. It's great to automate it and then to give them a chance to look it over 
is also just super helpful. I mean, I did that, I did that episode last week with the guys from it. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, it's a metaphor. I don't want to say. I think it's just got out of my head as the right name. But you know, it was great because they actually sent me a Google Docs link for what they wanted to discuss, and I was actually yeah. like, sort of. A, obviously, there was there was two guys, and they they were writing. I don't want to give too much away because the episode's coming. So they they were they sent me. I you know, in our notion thing, we have a list of questions that are default, and then the person can go and add them, change them, whatever. And that's all based on templates again, and. They um, sent me the, the Google Docs link because obviously they wanted to have certain things. And I was actually watching. So I prepared for this interview and then I had the Google Doc open like an hour before the thing because I was thinking, OK, well, I'll just you know, keep it there in case I need it. And while I was watching it, they were literally typing in more and more stuff. And I was thinking, wow, this is awesome. These guys are so prepared. It's crazy. So I was actually debating, you know, potentially bringing a Google Docs in somehow to the process. Mm. Because the, the you know now that now that I've got this piece working where I'm collecting the information on LinkedIn into Notion, I can now put something else in front of it that could be a lot a lot more accessible. Because the problem with using Notion is you've got to now share the page with the user, and there's no way right. to do that with the API right now. And that and, and that's that you know brings it back to a, a bottleneck in the process where if I'm not available or you're not available, or Cash is not available for whatever reason, or we forget then you get that thing where the guest goes, hey, I haven't heard from you guys. When are you going to share this thing with me? And that's like, for me, the worst feeling in the world because that means we've, you know, it feels like you dropped the ball. When you when you kind of have, but you, but you also haven't because this is not life and death, but it's it ruins experience. So, so ideally what you want is that now that you've got the information in, in, a, in a source database, like Notion, you can now publish it in a, in a sort of in a secure way because it's got to be secured. But you can invite them to a Google Doc, for example, where you've put the stuff into the Google Doc and they're just confirming what it is. Now, you could argue that if they change the image, you're going to have another problem. But that's where the Dropbox thing would come in and you say, just upload the image to Dropbox, please. Because, you know, until those other things give us the, the API access, there isn't much we could actually, until we know what they can give us, we can't really change it. Mm, yeah. Good luck to the future, though. And I like that Google Docs idea. I think pro tip, if you ever want to be on a podcast and also make sure sort of what you want to get discussed gets discussed, the more you can come and make it easier for the podcaster in terms of saying here are the key topics I, you know, I'm an expert in. Here are some questions you could ask. Like that is gold. So definitely if you're looking to get become a guest, I would recommend doing something like that. Yeah, and, and and that's why we have the the sort of standard questions. I mean, we don't mm-hmm. we don't always stick to them. I mean, you know, it all depends. I mean, you know, there's a couple of guys. Again, I don't want to give them away now, but you know, there's some security guys coming on and and uh, an analyst or two. We're not going to cover the normal questions. I can tell you, no, we're not. They they're they're much more diverse. But you know, that's fine. But at least if you if you're entering and knowing that these are kind of the basics we're going to talk about, then you're a little bit more mentally prepared. To go down the rabbit holes as they go, um, mm-hmm. so so that's been fun. I mean, we, we're probably now what I don't even know what our numbers are at the moment, but I think we've gone the six figures now in terms of downloads. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't really keep track. I, I'm much more interested in in full transparency. Who comes along because they've heard about us? Like you know, we had uh, Chris and his wife with the uh, I Walk task. That was because of of the of the distribution. We've got a couple that are coming up now. 
um, that have just reached out to us because they've made a fire with, they just reached out because they, they heard us. They, you know, we didn't, we didn't know anybody in connection and that's exciting because then you know that you're actually reaching people, you know, yeah. outside of your network. Totally agree. Um, well, yeah, I feel like we could talk more about our tips and tricks for making a podcast, but that'll have to be on a, another episode because I got to go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so just to finish off 99,604. That's our total download so far. All right, so I'm quite almost there. We'll be there so, in another episode at least. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll cross over. Yeah, we'll cross over next week, no, no doubt. But uh, it's been good. It's been it's been a very worthwhile experience. And according to this, uh, and this is where transistor is quite nice. It's a bit of gamification. We've had uh, we've been around two years. We've got a ten week publishing in a row streak. What else? Look at you. These are these are old. Two thousand downloads. Whatever. First episode. First tweet. Yeah, these are quite cool. Nice little achievement boards. The badges, yeah. They're nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Two years. Ah, listeners in 50 countries. That's cool. I like that. Oh, I didn't realize that actually the tweet button is so you can actually tweet. Not uh huh. yeah, that's quite nice. Although I don't know who listens to, who looks at Twitter anymore. That's a whole nother topic. <laughs> <laughs> cool. I'll do that Heather. Cheers. Bye. See ya. Bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Heather Bicknell is our producer and editor. Thank you, Heather, for your hard work on this episode. Please subscribe to the series and rate us on iTunes or the Google Play Store. Follow us on Twitter at the DWW Podcast. The show notes and transcripts will be available on the website, www.digitalworkspace.works. Please also visit our website, www.digitalworkspace.works, and subscribe to our newsletter. And lastly, if you found this episode useful, please share with your friends or colleagues.